Today we're going to be talking about how to discern the voice of God. Thank you, sir. How to discern the voice of God. Discerning the voice of God is one of the most pivotal, also foundational aspects of the believer's life. In order for us to get anywhere in life, we need guidance. And it is my responsibility to make sure you as young people are clearly aware, keenly aware of the voice of God. A sheet of paper that we passed out earlier is just notes, some practical steps, some reminders. There is no assessment. This is just my uh, gift to you for your journey down the road with God. And so that piece of paper is going to have some notes that I'm going to get to today and some notes that I may not get to today. But either way, I wanted to make sure you have them. And so we're going to be talking about, once again, how to discern the voice of God. How many people in the room truly want to know God's voice? Can I see a show of hands? Truly desire to hear the voice of God. Can I get one or two people to tell me why is it pivotal or why is it necessary to know the voice of God? Yes, sir. That's right. Yes, sir. Go ahead, my brother. That's real. And why is that important? See, there's five categories. Everyone in this room falls in one of. Either you're turning from the voice of God. You're yearning for the voice of God. You're discerning the voice of God. You're learning from the voice of God. Or you're earning from the voice of God. Five categories. I'll talk about them briefly in a minute. But I want you to think about them as we navigate this topic today. Either you're turning from the voice of God. You're yearning for the voice of God. You're discerning the voice of God. Learning the voice of God. Or earning from the voice. Let's break down the definition of discernment. Discernment is the ability to judge or recognize the difference between various options, choices, or spiritual influences. It involves, another good word, com the capacity to make sound decisions, especially in matters of morality, faith, and spirituality. Discernment is a skill set. It's not something that is given. Some people have the gift of discernment, but discernment, like two words here, is having the ability to properly judge or recognize the differences, like Amaz said, the difference between God's voice or the devil's voice, to be able to have the ability to properly judge various options, whether it's schools or individuals that you want to marry in life or be friends with, or to discern spiritual influences. It involves the capacity to make sound, not noisy decisions, but sound decisions, especially in matters of morality, faith, and spirituality. Now, I'm going to lay some foundational work with Scripture. It's very important that we allow the Word of God to speak for itself and lay a foundation for this topic. The first verse is this, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Anyone knows that from heart, by heart? Trust in the Lord. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chess. That's a key Scripture when it comes to discernment. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, not some, not partial, not most, but all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understandings. The enemy's objective is for us to lean on our carnal, 
our own imaginations or our own uh, understanding. But the word of God says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make straight your paths. First John 4, 1 says, beloved, I love that. It starts off setting the tone that we are God's beloved. It says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. So it is our responsibility to be poised enough to properly test what's in front of us. Do you know in life, you're probably going to see more counterfeits than you will see counterparts. A counterfeit is anything that tries to force fit itself in your life or you try to force fit it. How many of us been in situations where we try to force fit the relationship or force fit the friendship or force fit this career? That's a counterfeit. God wants to give you counterparts, things that was meant to play a part in your life. That's why, number one, you have to believe that you're God's beloved. When you know that God loves you, you know that he has what's best for you. And when you know that God has what's best for you, you are resting him. It then says, do not believe every spirit. Do you know we wrestle not against flesh and blood? That in this room right now is a multitude of demonic spirits. In this room right now, if I said two or three sentences, this room was shaped in deliverance. That there's demons in this room right now. So you don't even know what you're entertaining or what you're aware of that's in this room right now. So you have to be in a place where you're able to properly test. Or don't believe every spirit. Let's go to another verse. I got a lot of notes on the cover. Hebrews 5.14 says, but solid food is for the mature. Nobody's still drinking milk, only milk, right? Everybody's eating solid foods, but here it is spiritually within context. But solid food is for the mature. We're talking about the deeper things of God, the, the great things of life. It says, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish from good and evil. See, I think oftentimes we, we are able to distinguish between good and evil, right? Typically. The goal is not necessarily, and a lot of us attempted with discerning from good and evil. Sometimes it's from good and God. But when those people are practicing or have trained their discernment, they're able to distinguish. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given. So this verse let us know that if you lack wisdom about a particular area or lack wisdom about a particular person, all you have to do is ask. Uh, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Psalms 32, a says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. First Corinthians 2, 14. I know I'm going pretty quick, but I'm laying a foundation because the word works uh, no matter how uh, you put it out there. But first Corinthians 2, 14 says the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned or not able to comprehend. Last but not least, Proverbs 2, 6 says, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So these scriptures laid the foundation for us to better understand the importance and the responsibility for us to discern what's in front of us. Now, we talked about five categories. We t what, uh, can someone tell me what they are? Y'all remember Yes. What's the first one? Deserving. First one was what? Starts. No, that's third one. Turning. 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 Second one is what? Yearning. 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 Third one is what? Discerning. Fourth one is what? Yearning. Fifth one is what? Yearning. Now let's talk about them because each and every one of us 
are in one of those categories. Let's start with turning from God's voice. Turning away from God's voice represents, I, I get, oh, this ain't your notes, I'm sorry, but this is on my notes. It says, turning away from God's voice represents a choice. I choose to reject his guidance and seek one or seek my own path, resulting in spiritual distancing. Right now, there's some people in this room, you heard God's voice or you may be new to God's voice, but you're living in lifestyles that's causing you to turn from God's voice. What are some reasons why most people would turn from God's voice? Yes, sir. I'm going to expound. Turning from God's voice, like ignoring him, like just saying, you know what? My back is towards him. Yes. They don't like what he says. And expound that for me. I'm going to come to you, fam. That's right. They try to ignore him. Go ahead, young man. Can I, someone have a Bible? Can I use your Bible? Thank you. Yep. Very good. John 3.16, everyone knows, can everybody say it with me? John 3.16 is what? For God so loved the world, that he gave his only God, and You know, most people, they read John 3.16, and they don't read no further down. And for those who's ever been in my Bible class, I always talk about what? Read 10 verses what? And 10 verses what? And Below, right? And why is that important? So let's read John 3.16. I won't labor too much on it, but it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's so sweet. That's, that feels good, don't it? Let's keep reading. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest their deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So everyone loves John 3, 16. But a lot of us don't even know that we are harboring so much darkness that we don't want the light. See, the goal in life is to go to the light, not to run from the light. Like, I'd rather be exposed in private light than to be exposed in public light. Sometimes God delays certain judgments because he's giving you time to turn away. And how many of us are two decisions away from being exposed, that hidden sin being exposed, but God has been warning. Do you know everyone who died in 9-11 or who died in car accidents or who died in certain situations all were warned by God? Whether they believed or didn't believe? Why do you believe or why do you think God has to warn everybody before they die, tragically? Why does God have to? And I, I, I say that loosely because God don't have to do anything. Respectfully, God, you know what I'm trying to say, but why does God have to, to a degree, warn everyone? Yes, sir. Say it again. To prohibit. That's good. That's one. What's another? Well, y'all all three raising hands. Paper, I said, no, I'm joking. Uh, you go ahead, young man in the middle. And I'll come to you. To avoid going to hell, I'm looking for something else. You, you already went. I'm, you, want, you got something? To preserve. All those are good, but let me tell you this. Go ahead, go ahead. God. 
There we go. God warns everyone because he knows in order for him to be the righteous judge, he has to have given you a clue. Everyone dead today already know the warnings. They felt that warning from God when God was like, yeah, you probably shouldn't. Or you probably go left, but you went right. God warns because he knows that when I judge you, you can't have no evidence of saying, God, you never told me that. Now, that's turning from God's voice. Now, number two, yearning for God's voice. So some people are at the turning from God's voice. They just want to live how they want to live. They don't really acknowledge God in all their ways. They want to do what they want to do. Now, yearning for God's voice, I believe a lot of people at this stage. It said it begins with a deep longing and desire to hear from God. How many people are here? A deep longing desire to hear from God. This yearning reflects a thirst for divine wisdom and guidance, a recognition of our needs for his presence and direction. So those who yearn for God's voice are people that says, God, I need to hear from you. I desire to hear from you. See, the issue is many of us want to hear from God selfishly. God, all I want to hear from you is what you got coming down the pipeline. All that I want to hear from you is if she's the one or if he's the one. All I want to hear from you is things that I want to hear. Do you know God speaks holistically, that God's going to tell you about yourself, that God is going to let you know. But if you already know that about God, you'll still yearn for his voice. So yearning for God's voice means a deep longing desire to hear from God. Number three, discerning God's voice. Some people in this room have turned from his voice, ignore his voice. And ignoring his warning. Some people in this room are saying, God, I yearn to hear from you. And thirdly, some people say, you know what? I actually know how to discern your voice. Once the yearning is present, discernment becomes crucial. We begin to develop the ability to differentiate. We begin to differentiate between God's voice from other influences, whether they be our own desires, external pressures, or deceptive voices. Discernment is the filter that sifts the divine from the mundane. So discernment says, God, I'm, I know your voice to a degree, and I'm putting into practice how to decipher if it's you or someone else. Now, learning from God's voice is this. As we discern and recognize God's voice, we open ourselves to learning. Now that you've practiced discerning, now you want to learn from God's voice. Now you're a disciple. Now you're a student. Now you're saying, God, I actually apply your word. It says his voice imparts wisdom, reveals his character, and teaches us his ways. Through his guidance, we grow in spiritual understanding and maturity. So learning from God's voice is saying, now I'm at a place where I have completely left my desires, left my ambitions, and now, God, I'm open to learn from you. Last but not least, it's earning from God. And then we'll get into some of the stuff that I want to get to. Earning from God's voice, it says, finally, earning. In this context, refers to the spiritual dividends reaped from activity following and obeying God's voice. This includes the blessings, insight, and transformation that result from living in alignment with his will. We earn not through human effort, but through our obedient response to his voice. Do you know that God wants you and I all to be successful in our own right? Some of us are going to produce 30 fruits, some 60, some 100. 
But God wants us to get to a place where we earn from that. Like right now, because I listen to God's voice about my wife, I'm earning from my marriage. Now my wife, who, who God has pre, uh, predestined to be in my life now, I'm earning from that. I'm also earning from my gifting right now. Like when I, when I opened that gifting at 19 years old to be a speaker and to write books, I'm earning every month on YouTube, earning every month on Amazon from books. I'm earning because it started from yearning. And what I want you guys to get to is not to uh, uh, me to list my accolades, but for you to be able to position yourself to listen to the voice of God, discern the voice of God, so that you're able to earn from the voice of God. Now let's talk about how to distinguish between these four voices. Now we get into some practical steps because that's why I gave you the sheet of paper because I want you guys to take these things home and apply it in your life. Now there are four main voices that we engage with on a day-to-day. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate you, Mike. Appreciate you. Four main voices, and it's on your sheet of paper too. It might be too small, but there's God's voice, there's your voice, there's the devil's voice, and then there are people's voices. Four main voices that we have to engage on a day-to-day and that we have to learn how to decipher through is number one, God's voice. Number two, your voice. Number three, the devil's voice. And number four, people's voices. Let's talk about God's voice. The first point says clarity and consistency. I know we're navigating some, 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 some stuff here, and so it may feel a little bit boring, but I'm trying to give you some tools and some practical steps so that you can really earn from God's voice and not find yourself in tragic situations. Number one is clarity and consistency. God's voice often provides clear, consistent, and morally upright guidance. God's voice is clear. God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of clarity. Who's the author of confusion? The The word of God also says that where there's confusion is every evil what? Work. So if you confuse right now, you haven't been infused with God's guidance. If you confuse right now, you've been entertaining something that did not come from God. God is absolutely or desires for you to be absolutely clear about what you want to do. So if you're confused on whether he's the one, she's the one, if you're confused about what your purpose is, if you're confused about anything in life, my friend, you are in the midst of evil work. I talked to a young person the other day, I don't know if it was here, or I talked to a, a client of mine, and I talked about, oh, it was a client, she was saying, uh, co- she was like, coach, man, this young man is into me. I said, okay, he's into you, okay. And she began to say, but I don't know if he's the one. I said, if you don't know, don't flow. If you don't know, don't go. How many of us say, you know what, I'm going to find out on my own? You ever had that friend, you gave them the best advice in the world, gave them five pearls, and they say, you know, I'm still going to do it anyway. <laughs> We've all had those people, you like, fam, that guy is three, three months away from going to prison. <laughs> like, like this guy or this girl is about to destroy your whole world, right? But you still going to do it? 
People like to figure it out, but why try to figure out something that God already figured out? See, we're in time. God's in eternity. God already knows. But if you still want to find out, that means you want to immerse yourself in evil work. God, before, listen, right now I'm old enough to have messed up plenty of times in my life. Now I say, God, if you don't, if you don't tell me to go, we ain't going. Like, I'm not moving until you move. That cloud by day, that fire by night. If that thing ain't moving, we ain't moving. Because one step away from God is too far. Oh, some of us are miles away from God, but one step away from him is too far. Now, um, if I take one step this way and say, if, uh, come here, uh, uh, Chester. If me and Chester standing side by side and Chester's God, not me. And I step this way, one step, and he steps one step that way. Let's keep walking. One step too far. All, thanks, Chester. That's all it takes. Appreciate you. Give it up for Chester. All it takes is one step. One step away from God is too far. So God's voice is absolutely clear. God is not trying to be a, myst- a, a mystical figure. He's not trying to leave you in mystery. Number two, peace and love. Messages from God typically promote peace, love, and righteousness. If it, ain't, if it don't come with peace, peace out. Because my peace is expensive. Do you know what it's like? Well, for me, I know it's like to go home and lay my head down with my phone open. Don't have to worry about no side pieces coming through my text message. Do you know how peaceful it is to know I don't got no baby mama drama? Do you know how much peace it is to know that, that, that my wife feels supported? Like, that's peace. I don't got time to get side pieces to tear my peace to pieces. Mm. So that's why it's important. That's why I tell my wife she's a lasagna. Lasagna don't come with sides. <laughs> anyway, you catch that tomorrow. So peace and love. <laughs> Messages from God typically promote peace, love, and rights. Number three, God's voice aligns with scripture. That is foundational. Please understand that. If you don't know scripture, you're going to be messed up. Because why ask God for a new word when you haven't read his written word? His written word is the foundation to every word he speaks. God has not given no new revelation. The revelation was already there. People just dug enough, deep enough to find the revelation. So if you haven't read your Bible, my friend, you missing out on guidance. So his voice aligns with scripture. God's voice would not contradict his written word as found in the Bible. It would not contradict. That's why it's important to equip yourself with the word of God and make sure that you know. Because what did Jesus or how did Jesus respond in the, in, in the wilderness? What was the first phrase he said? It is what? Oh, that was that was. That was, uh, that was at the end, but I, I, I said, yeah. No, no, or when you... Oh, anyway, don't matter. It was good. It, it, it was written, and he said it was done, right? But either way, it was the word, right? And, and I'm going to give this quick analogy about how... And this is why it's important to know the word for yourself. And I've had two or three classes that I said this uh, in, so if you know it, just, just say it also. Uh, was Jesus tempted or was Jesus tested? Why was he tempted and not tested? Or what's the difference between temptation and test? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, 
that boy, that boy got the word in him. That's good, that's good. Tested means I'm, I'm tested to see what I know. Temptation is I'm being tempted on what's in me. What was the first temptation that Jesus went through? Stone of bread. Who is Jesus called in the Bible, in the Gospels? The bread of what? He was tempted because he was it. The well, second test was what? The second temptation was what? Yes, sir. That's the third one. What's the second one? Yes, sir. That's the third one. Jump. Bingo, jump. Now, why was that a temptation and, and not just a test? And what, did, and what did Jesus respond? He says, tempt not the Lord thy what? Or was it tested? Wait, no, wait, 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 I'm staying on. I'm staying in pocket. Uh, why was that a temptation? What would have happened if, okay, I gave this analogy yesterday. Imagine, you know, Jesus on top of the pinnacle or wherever he was on the mountaintop or wherever he, the devil took him, right? And, you know, there's an outside basketball game happening over here. There's a, a people outside at the park over here and, 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 and people getting water over here and, and Chick-fil-A over here. Like people outside, you know, we outside, they outside. And Jesus jumps off this cliff. And a thousand angels come down and grab him. What's going to do to the people? Oh, wow. They're going to drop the chicken sandwich. They, they're going, the baby going to fall off a cliff. A lot of things are going to happen because it was a miracle. Miracle. The devil wanted Jesus to reveal himself before the time. If Jesus would have revealed who he was in his essence before the time, people would have been drawn to him because of his miracle or his expression than actually being drawn because of the cross. Temptation happens all the time. And the third temptation was what? Bowing down. down. Now, why was that a temptation? Giving him the kingdoms and all that stuff. He already had it. So the thing is, is that when you understand that it's important of the word of God for yourself, then you will say when tempted, it is written. When you tempted with pornography or tempted with lust or tempted with pride, tempted with arrogance, it is written. When it, no matter what it is, you got to know what is written so you won't be smitten. And that's why it's important to make sure you know God's voice, know God's word for yourself. Next in God's voice is conviction and assurance. You may feel a deep sense of conviction or assurance when hearing God's voice. God's voice, let me tell you something about God's voice from experience. God does not speak to your body. He doesn't speak to your mind. He speaks to your spirit. What they say about your gut, the gut is where the ghost is. Like that's that's the spirit, man. That's who you are. So God is not going to speak to your emotions. He's not going to speak to uh, uh, appearance. He's going to speak to your spirit. And if your spirit man is dead, you can't hear from the head. If your spirit man is dark or weak, you're not going to be able to get anything through. Now, for those who use the radio, <laughs> radio is outdated now, right? Or the analog television, whatever. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Now, on the radio, if I'm in between two stations, what do you hear? Static. How, so you're hearing two shows at one time. That's why I keep my radio always on God. So all I hear is him. I can't be in between other people's opinions and God's uh, truth about me. You have to make sure you're on this stage. Now, let's talk about <coughs> excuse me, your voice. So we've established God's voice. God's voice is clear and consistent. God's voice comes with peace and love. God's voice aligns with scripture. 
God's voice gives conviction and assurance. Now I'll talk about your voice or our voice. Our voice, number one, starts with self-interest. Once again, we're talking about how to discern God's voice amongst all voices. Self-interest, your voice often reflects your own interests or desires, fears, and preferences. Your voice is going to always go for it. Your voice is going to always reflect your desires, your fears, and preferences. So you can't trust your voice. That's why the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. That's why when I talk about evil in my class, people are like, oh, I'm not evil. Oh, fam, you evil, evil. Oh, you just, you just ain't been in environments that will, will allow your evilness to come to the surface. We're all evil. Why must I know that I'm evil? Now, what I mean by evil, I'm not talking about you going out there saying, man, uh, uh, Mr. Ed said I'm evil. No. When you know that you, your heart is deceitful and desperately sick, it requires you to be dependent on God. God, I need you. Listen, listen, listen. Oh, man, let me tell you something about this world out here, man. I, I speed to my house. When certain days I go home. Because you can't trust your flesh. Like, you got to be in a position where you say, man, my heart is deceitful. Do you know how many Bojangles I pass and my heart says, go get you a two-piece and go get you two fries? You know how many times it says that? But then when I look at my daughter's eyes on my phone, I say, no, I can't go. Just because I feel like it don't mean I should. And that's where you got to understand your voice will lies to you. Because if I keep going to Bojangles every day, I would die off on her. I would die off on my family. I would die off on y'all. And so you can't trust your voice. You can't trust, bro, no, you can't trust your voice when it comes to love. We don't even know what love is. And we talk about I love him. <laughs> you infatuated. Let me tell you something. Love, infatuation is blind, not love. Love sees clearly. When you love yourself, you see what you're looking at. But when you infatuated, well, Coach Mallard is preaching that. So your voice often reflects your own desires. For now, number two, rationality. Your voice is usually based on logical thinking and your personal experience. Your voice will always revert back to rationalizing things. And sometimes we get, get kind of spooky with that kind of stuff. We'd be like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll make something that shouldn't make sense make sense. We'll make it make sense. Or you'll be like, we'll look for signs. Oh, I had a dream that he was a redhead. <laughs> Lord, he a redhead. <laughs> oh, God, I just knew she was going to wear a pink dress today. Y'all, some of y'all in chat right now, man, she the one. I, I had a dream last night that she was going to wear that. Yep, she's it. We'll tr we had a vision. <laughs> so we try to rationalize things. We try to make sin look good. We try to make something bad for us seem good. Next, self-reflection. Your voice, it says you are aware that your voice comes from your own thoughts and emotions. So you can't trust your voice if it's not immersed in God's voice. That's why affirmations are important. You have to align your voice with his voice. I am a child of God. Like, I am loved. Like, you got to say those different things so that your voice can be familiar with his. Now, let's talk about the op, the devil's voice. Number one, deception. The devil's voice may lead you towards destructive or sinful behaviors and thoughts. I remember when I was driving down 45 coming from, I think, Fort Mill. 
and I was in my mom's car and the voice of the enemy says, flip your car. Nobody loves you. I'm driving, crying because I, I, I didn't have the success that I wanted. Uh, my first book didn't do what I thought it would do. And, 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 and I was frustrated and, and, and my wife wasn't there yet. And, and all these thoughts of insecurities rose up when I was younger at Charles' age. And as I was going down 485, going about 65, I wasn't dumb now. I said, we ain't going to speed. I accidentally killed myself. So I was going to speed limit. But I got off on Ray Road. And I got off Ray Road, made a left at that uh, a gas station right there off Ray Road. Cried. Because I had to fight those suicidal thoughts. Listen, let me tell you something. Your reason for living will always be greater than your reason for dying. Your reason for living will always be bigger than your reason for dying. The thing is, is that you are, you have short, you're short-sighted. Like, man, if I would have killed myself at 21 years old, I would not be in front of you today. I wouldn't have 80,000 some people that follow me online. I wouldn't have traveled the world. I wouldn't have met my baby girl. I wouldn't have been with my wife. I wouldn't have seen life that I'm living right now. And I cry sometimes. I be like, when I hear some of y'all stories, I'm like, fam, keep living. Because God's still revealing. He wants to show you that there's a reason here. So don't listen to that devil's voice talking about no one. Listen, I don't care who don't love you. God loves you. And so some of us in this room was like, well, my mama ain't said I love me or my dad ain't said I love me or no one said I love. Well, let me give you an opportunity right now. Mr. Ezzy loves you. But you know whose love is a billion times greater than the capacity of my love? God's. And that's why the devil don't want you to know God's voice, because he wants you to stay deceived. Because if you deceive, you can't receive. Number two, temptation. Messages from the devil often appeal to your selfish desires and temptations. So when you know God's voice and you know how deceptive your voice is, then it's easy to spot the devil's voice. Messages from the devil often appeal to your selfish desires and temptation. Next, discord and fear. The devil's voice can create inner turmoil, fear or anxiety. Now, I don't like saying the devil's voice because the devil's not omnipresent. The devil is not. The devil is an entity, an individual of his own. The devil is not bothering me. I'm not that important to him. But when you understand that there are demons, every one of us right now have a scouting report against us. The devil's them demons know exactly when to get you. Those demons know exactly when to bring a person in your life to rob from your life. Like, like these demons are in your life. And some of us, we heard them this morning. We've heard them this week. And some of y'all can go back. Some of y'all looking glassly through me because you're saying, hey, I remember this morning where I heard this voice say, do this or text her. Do you know when you following God, that's when you get the most big head text? <laughs> hey, big head or whatever y'all say these days. They send that emoji through whatever that emoji is. Some of y'all, you know, that you stay send that emoji through or it's like, man, you just started reading your Bible. Here come the text. Or now you following God. Now your mom on something. All of a sudden now, when you're healing, now there come some other things because the demons know I want to keep inner turmoil in you. I want to keep inner pain in you so that you won't go and be who you need to be. Now, let's talk about people's voice and I'll stop in about five or ten minutes because I'm going a little bit too long. People's voices. They have varied messages. People's voices are diverse and can range from helpful advice to opinions and perspectives. Man, don't listen to everybody, man. 
Let me tell you something. If, 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 if they don't have the resume, they're not qualified to speak in your life. If they don't have the results, they're not qualified to speak in your life. Why go to a broke person to learn about money? Why go to a new believer to learn how to follow Jesus? That's, it don't make sense. So you got people right now. That's why I tell people right now, and I'm not your parent. Might be a father figure, but I'm not your parent. And some people's parents will speak fearing you to live vicariously through you or to try to keep you protected because they're scared of the big bad wolf or they're scared of the world out there, right? But when you begin to understand that, that, that in life, people who love you are still going to speak bad things into you, then you will say, let me go back to God's voice. Let me go back to this place where I'm able to say, okay, God, I hear what mom's saying. I hear what dad's saying. But I got to know what you're saying. Because what happened to Moses? He listened to the people. The people told him to do what? To hit the rock. And him hitting the rock versus trusting the rock kept him out of his promised land. Most of us, because we're listening to the devil or listening to other people, we're not able to go into our promised land. So varied messages. They range from helpful advice. So now don't get me wrong. Some people got some great advice. Uh, and to opinions and perspective. Number two, human wisdom. People's voices are influenced by their knowledge, experiences, and beliefs. So I can't just trust what everybody say because human's wisdom is carnal. It's fleshly at times. Do you know people say, and I get this all the time when I talk to people, they was like, well, um, it makes sense for me to stay with them because I want to see if I can be with them. In the world, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, you should test drive to see if that's the car that you want to drive off the lot. But let me tell you something. You shouldn't test. You don't have to test drive what's custom made. If it's custom made for you, you just wait till it's delivered. And a lot of people, they try to test drive to see if it fits, to see if she's good at it, to see if he's like that. And all of a sudden, now you confused. And now when you get married to the one that you're supposed to be with, now she's married to four of you. Or she's married to four people in you. Now she's married to five people. Because now you don't engage with all these different people that maybe I to lean to this side because that's maybe too much for them. But, but when you try to test drive, then you will never get the best drive. Jesus. That's why with God, all you got to do is wait for it. I was watching Shador. <laughs> Shador, uh, when I was, no, it was the brother. It was Shiloh, wasn't it? Shiloh, he was outside and it was delivering his Mercedes Benz. Y'all, y'all, I don't know if y'all saw it in this group, but either way, he was excited because the delivery truck brought his car. He never saw it. He ordered it online and it was delivered. See, God doesn't deliver things until that thing has been delivered until, and also until you've been delivered. Everybody wants God to make deliveries, but we don't want God to do deliverance. Like, you want God to deliver that man, but you ain't delivered from the three others. You want God to deliver you from this and that, but you ain't been delivered from those internal sins. And so if you want things to be delivered by God, you got to make sure you've been delivered by God. That's a side note that hit somebody that's for someone today. Next, and I'm done. Emotional impact. The words of others can evoke various emotions and responses, which may not always align with God's will. So many young people right now are still being tormented by what a person said years ago. 
you'll never amount to nothing. You trash, you suck. I can't believe we even had you. Should have aborted you. I don't love you. You look like your daddy. <laughs> all the whole kind of stuff. All right, all right. And so that's why you never look at who's speaking to you. Listen, you never look at who's speaking to you. You look at what's speaking through them. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and spirits. So when you begin to understand that, you'll begin to say, OK, I'm not just going to allow their words to live rent free in my life. Do you know your condo, your house, your apartment inside of you should be expensive to live in? People shouldn't just be moving in, living there for free. You got people that said some crazy stuff and they're living rent free in you. No, you got to say, no, no, the lease is, the rent is, the mortgage is this amount of much a month. And so today what I want to end with is on the back of your sheet of paper are 10, or I'll read it, finding God's voice in the midst of other voices can be challenging, but essential, ende- but an essential endeavor. Here are some practical ways to help you discern and recognize God's voice. So read through those 10 things. I don't have time to labor on those. But I want you guys to really begin to say, okay, now I got the truth. Now I got what I need to know about how to discern God's voice to other voices. And now I'm going to take this little sheet of paper and I'm going to take it to you. And, and you, you want to take it to the Holy Ghost <laughs> and say, Holy Spirit, make this alive in me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you speak. Father, we're glad that you spoke. Lord, we welcome your voice into our lives. We no longer want to be the turning away from your voice, the ignoring your voice. God, we want to transition to learning, I mean, yearning to hear from you, excited to hear from you, looking to hear from you. Then we want to get to a place where we actually can know it's from you, discerning and and then learning and then earning. And so, Father, right now, under the sound of my voice, I thank you that you're going to guide us through this time of, of, of sensitivity to those who may need spiritual support. Right now, if you're in this room and you don't know his voice at all because you don't have him at all and you're hollow, your spirit man is darkened, You all you hear is your voice, demon's voice and other voices, but you haven't even seen the light of God's voice in you. Meaning this, you're not saved. You're not sealed by his spirit. If you're in this room and you say, man, Coach Josh, no, that's, that's YouTube, but Mr. Azzy, I do not know God enough to know his voice. Raise your hand. Keep those hands up. Okay, good. We see those. If you're in this room right now and you're like, Coach, I done turned from his voice and I think I'm miles away. His voice has become very small in my life. I hear him, but I ignore him. But I want to get back close because I know God whispers for a reason. God whispers because you have to be close enough to hear him. And if you're at that place, we need to rededicate your life back to God to get to that place where you hear him loud and clear and you're turned back to his station in life. Then raise your hand. Yeah, I see those hands. If you're in this room right now, you say, man, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, the Holy Spirit, man, I, I, need, I need that extra power. I need 
I need to see right now you're full of the Holy Ghost, but you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. There's a difference. You're full, meaning you have the fullness of the Godhead in you, but you're not filled, meaning you haven't allowed him to be in every room of your life. And if you want to be fully filled with the Holy Spirit, bringing light to those dark rooms, raise your hand. Father, we thank you for these souls that has been harvested. God, I'm just glad to be a laborer. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Now before we go, those young people, when we dismiss, stay back, okay? We're going to pray for you in the back, and we're going to make sure that you get what you need today. If you didn't raise your hand and you're like, yo, I should have, and you're like, man, that was for me, but right now you can slide through the back. We'll meet you back there as well. If you're at that place in your life where you're nervous or you're an introvert, my room is 204. That's it. Amen.